You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And this is going to be a mostly recruiting podcast. Florida State's uh, National Signing Day was yesterday. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk mainly recruiting today. Um, just what happened on National Signing Day, what's next, and just go over Florida State's recruiting class. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast and don't know who I am, I'm like I said, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. I cover football, baseball, basketball, ball, and recruiting. Anytime a coach speaks, player speaks for football. You know, anytime there's practice, any games, away, bowl game, home game, doesn't matter. I'm there. Then, for basketball and baseball, I cover every home baseball and basketball game as well as any postseason games. Um, and then I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has. So, there's a there's a lot to talk about. I know. The big question on everybody's mind is what is Florida State going to do at quarterback? Um, if you didn't know, and I'm not sure how you didn't, or you don't at this point, Florida State missed out on a quarterback for the second straight year. Um, you know, Lance Legendry, or Lejeune, uh, however you pronounce his name, um, he committed to Maryland over Florida State. You know, Maryland had been recruiting that guy for a year, kind of slow played him a little bit. In the end, he went and committed to a school that had been recruiting him for basically 11 days. Florida, you know, Maryland offered him, while he was on his official visit to Florida State, 11 days before signing day, they got him in for an official and then landed him over Florida State, which had been recruiting him for a year. Uh, John Rice Plumley committed to Ole Miss on Monday night, signed with Ole Miss, and obviously Sam Howell uh, decommitted from Florida State during the early signing period and committed to North Carolina. Basically, quarterback recruiting this year has just been a giant, giant mess. You know, Florida State chose Howell over uh, Taysan Fomachon, who committed to Clemson, signed with Clemson, um, passed on Jaden Daniels, who signed with Arizona State. You know, there was there were more quarterback options. Florida State put their eggs in the Sam Howell basket during the early signing period and it burned them. Um, you know, and they tried to, you know, they tried to hang on, and I, I don't blame them for that. Howell is very good. I think he's a very good quarterback, but, you know, I, I so I, I don't blame them for that, but it put Florida State in a bad position. They needed to land at, at least one, probably two quarterbacks this cycle, and now they're stuck with none. Um, you know, they went after Plumlee, who Ole Miss had the much better, much longer relationship. You know, Florida State did everything it could there. I mean, they made a great run at him and really, really change, um, you know, it, it really almost changed his mind, but in the end it was too close, uh, you know, Ole Miss was too close to home and just there were so many different factors there. And then Lejean, they just they just got beat, you know, there's no other way to describe it, they just got beat for a kid that they've been recruiting on for a year. Um, you know, it, it's a massive miss, Like, and it's not because he's a fantastic prospect, you know, a can't-miss guy. But Florida State has one quarterback right now. One. Uh, it's James Blackman. That's eligible for 2019, I should say. Jordan Travis, um, Florida State has applied for a waiver. Willie Taggart said that yesterday during his press conference. Um, I don't expect it to be granted. Um, I, I don't know why it would be granted. So Florida State has one scholarship quarterback on the roster. 
they needed to land at least one, probably two, and now they've got none. Um, you know, it's it's a it's obviously not a great situ- situation for the Seminoles. There's not really, I mean, there's really no other way to say that. Um, you know, they're going to have to go the grad transfer route, but I don't know how that's going to play out with Blackman unless they bring in a guy. You know that's, you know, like a. a a tra- uh, maybe maybe they bring in a transfer that somehow gets a hardship waiver, um, you know, like a freshman or something. I I, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know what the options are here at this point. I know that they're after some graduate transfer. Um, Josh Jackson is a name that you know you'll remember him from the Virginia Tech game. Um, he started for Virginia Tech against FSU in the season opener last year. So you know, he he's a name to know. He's a name to follow. Um, maybe Shane Bouchelle from Texas, but I don't know how either of those guys would play out with Blackman because Blackman sat behind Francois last year, you know, that then this year he was going to have to compete for a starting job and then Francois leaves. Okay. So he's coming back, he's paid his dues. And then Florida state's bringing in a grad transfer that has starting experience at, you know, wherever they come from and, you know, expects to start and you've got Blackman. Like why, why would he, continue to stay when the coaches are bringing in, you know, recruits that they think, you know, will will start over him. Like, it just doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't make, that doesn't make much sense to me. I understand the competition level and you got, you know, you want the competition and you want a guy to go out and compete. But, you know, when you're specifically being recruited over, you know, that's obviously not going to make you feel good and make you feel wanted as a player. So, I'm just not sure how that plays out, and I'm not sure how you know how it all plays out. Um, you know, maybe they go in and in, into the transfer market and find find somebody that um, you know is still still a little raw, but you know, a guy that you know Blackman is going to beat out, or I, I don't know that Florida State's in dangerous waters right now, and they've got to navigate it um, to where they don't you know, lose Blackman, but also where they get a quality player that can come in. It's, it's really, really tough. Um, it would have been much easier to do it and just land a quarterback in, in the recruiting cycle. But, you know, that's, uh, that obviously didn't happen. So now Florida State has to move forward. It's, you know, it's, it's a really dangerous position to be in, you know, with one court, one scholarship quarterback available on the roster, you know, I don't expect Florida State to have one scholarship quarterback available when it comes down to, you know, comes down to the fall. I don't expect that to happen. I expect them to, to find a way to get multiple quarterbacks. But how that happens is going to be up in the air, and whether James Blackman is one of them, it, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, so it's, it's just going to, it's going to be an interesting situation on, you know, how that, how that all works, but yeah, so the quarterback situation, um, latest update on Nick Cross, he did not sign yesterday, which could probably be seen as a good sign for Florida State, because if he had signed yesterday, uh, his parent, take a step back, take a step back real quick, um, explain, and explain the situation before I jump, jump into that. Nick Cross wants to go to Florida State. His parents adamantly, mostly his father, adamantly don't want him to go to Florida State, adamantly, will not sign an LOI. So, not signing yesterday, you know, because he wants to go to Florida State is a good sign for Florida State. Now, it's obviously, 
you know, the perception of it nationally is not great because you've got a big-time recruit whose parents are adamantly against him going to Florida State. That's not, that's, that's really not a good look. Um, but it's good for Florida State that he's, you know, standing, standing uh, firm on that, at least to this point. And with, with all that, you know, he, maybe he works down his parents, maybe he concedes to his parents. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, at this point, I wouldn't expect him to end up in the class. I would expect him to go to either Penn State or Maryland. Um, you know, it's just, we're going to have to play the waiting game. Um, I would, I would, I wouldn't say I would be shocked, but I would be surprised if he ends up at Florida State with his parents so adamantly against, um, him coming to Tallahassee, but we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out, but that's going to do it for this first segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying this and, uh, we'll be back in just a minute talking about the guys that Florida State did get on National Signing Day. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate your guys' support. But, you know, Florida State signed uh, six guys yesterday from uh, that weren't already signed in the early signing period. Four-star safety, Brendan Gant. Four-star cornerback, Travis Jay. Four-star defensive end, Quayshawn Fuller. Three-star offensive tackle, Ira Henry. Three-star offensive tackle, Darius Washington. And three-star kicker, Ryan Fitzgerald. Um, I I really, really like every single guy that Florida State signed yesterday. I mean, I I really do. I think Darius Washington is a very underrated football player. I think he's mean, nasty. Uh, Ira Henry, huge guy, mean, nasty. Um, you know, they're not instant impact offensive linemen, but those are so hard to find. Uh, you know, offensive line is the hardest position to find guys to come in and play immediately and play well. You know, you can find those guys at every other position. Um, guys that, that can come in as true freshmen and just knock it out of the park and just be, be great. You, know, you can find those at every other position uh, more than you can find them on the offensive line, specifically offensive tackle. So, you know, I like both of those guys. I think they're both good um, good roster guys. And I think that, you know, both of those guys will help Florida State going forward um, as far as that goes. Um, and then, you know, start, starting at the bottom, uh, kicker Ryan Fitzgerald, that dude's a beast. You know, he's he's got a, uh, a strong leg. He's accurate. He's a USA Today All-American twice. You know, he's, he's a very special kicker. Um, you know, he's hit a career long 60 yard field goal. You know, he hit, I think seven over 50 yards during his high school career. Uh, he, he has the leg and it was interesting last night at the war party, you know, coach, uh, defense events coach, Mark Snyder talking about him. And when he, um, when he said it, he said, he's the kicker of the future and maybe sooner than you think. So watch out Ricky Aguayo, Ryan Fitzgerald is coming for your job. Um, yeah, I got a big laugh from everybody, but if you all remember, Ricky wasn't that good last year. Um, if Fitzgerald can come in and beat him out for the job, he comes in and beats him out for the job. Um, and it, it really wouldn't surprise me because, you know, Fitzgerald is very, very good at what he does. So I've talked about the two offensive tackles, the kicker, going up into the uh, the four-star ranks. Uh, we'll talk about four-star defensive end Quayshawn Fuller. Now, Fuller... 
is a uh, man. Uh, Fuller's recruitment was interesting. He was, you know, he committed to Florida State in February 2017, and then Florida State kind of, you know, they they talked about him playing inside. He didn't like that, so he was wavering on his commitment. Then um, Florida State got him in, talked him out, and talked him off the ledge there, playing about the the five technique and the three technique, uh, and you're switching back and forth. You know, he was more receptive of that. He stayed committed. Then Miami and Florida both make runs at him later in the year. So they make runs at him later in the year. You know, Florida thinks they're getting him. Miami thinks they're getting him. Then, you know, Florida asks, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody or most people who are on social media remember this, but Dan Mullen sent um, sent Fuller a, a text message asking him, you know, you know, not really begging, but asking him if he could coach him for one night in the swamp. And Fuller thought that was lame, so he put him on blast. Um, and then at the end of the cycle, it was Florida State, Alabama. And in the end, I don't think Alabama had room for him, but Quayshon, you know, ended up signing with Florida State. He's a guy, you know, I was talking with um, Chris Nee of 24-7 last night about him, and he's... You know, we both agreed that he's the guy on the, you know, in this recruiting class that's going to have to be de-recruited the most. And if you don't know what de-recruited means, it's basically when a prospect, you know, you go out and the coaches, they they hype up this prospect. They tell them how great they are. They tell them how fantastic they are. And then when they get on campus, they got a big head and expect to, you know, come right in and waltz right in. And, you know, that's usually not the case. Um you know, Fuller's part of a big Florida State defensive end class. There were some talented defensive ends signed with Florida State last year, so he's going to have to earn his place. So Florida State's going to have to, you know, start the de-recruitment process with him. But he's a very talented kid. His first step's phenomenal. Um, he's a big, he's a bigger guy. Uh, I was very impressed with the way he played in the Army All-American Bowl. Um, I've seen him in person a few times, but I was very impressed with with the way he played in that game. I was very surprised at how quickly he was able to get off against some of the, the better tackles in the country. So uh, he's a really good prospect. He's a guy that I think can really help Florida State in the future. Next up is safety Brendan Gant. Um, Gant was committed to Alabama, decommitted, flipped to Florida State. Uh, he's been pretty firm ever since and uh, signed with Florida State on Wednesday. You know, he's a good prospect. He's a ball-hawking type guy. He hits hard. Uh, you know, I like him. Um and uh, you know, he, so he's he's a really he's a really talented ball player, but um, the one guy that I'm most excited about, maybe in the overall class, you know, like not even just of the six signees on National Signing Day, but uh, of the guy, you know, of all twenty uh, twenty one signees in Florida State's class, you know, you've got cornerback uh, Travis J in Madison County. Travis J is an elite athlete elite athlete. He's a phenomenal football player. He can play corner, safety, wide receiver. He cannot play quarterback, okay? Guys, don't ask me about it. Travis J cannot play quarterback at Florida State. Maybe he runs, you know, maybe they could put him in for a gimmick or two where he, he's running in the Wildcat or the Wild J, whatever, but he cannot play quarterback at Florida State. Let's just get that out of the way. I, I love Travis Jay as a prospect. He is a phenomenal defensive back. He's a fantastic athlete. 
should not play quarterback at Florida State. Um, I've seen that a few places. Should not play quarterback at Florida State. Now, whether he plays safety or cornerback is up in the air. I think he's personally a better safety. He's big. He's physical. He's fast. He's got great hips. You know, I I love Travis Jay as a prospect. I think he might be the best prospect in Florida State's class. Um, I've had disagreements with that, uh, you know, about a lot of people say Akeem Dent, and you could definitely make that argument. Dent has, has been a fantastic football player for four years going up against the best that South Florida has to offer. Travis Jay plays at a small school, you know, that the competition level isn't great. But I've seen Jay, and I've seen Dent, and they're both elite prospects. I, Man, it's it's close. It's close for me. I I like them both. Um, you know, if Florida State lands Nick Cross, those are three elite players in this class. Um, you know, I think Akeem Dent and Travis Jay are the two elite players in this class currently. Um, Dent early enrolled, but I, I think it's, you know, those two guys are the elite players in this class. And I'm going to get into the rest of the class in just a minute. We're going to talk about the overall class as a whole and where they finished in the rankings and just what it means for Florida State. But that's going to be all for this second segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and we'll get back into it in just a second. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment. Um, we're going to talk about the class as a whole. We've got Florida State's uh, with 21 signees, 22 commitments. We'll have to wait and see what happens when Nick Cross already uh, already discussed that. But um, the the class as a whole is is good. Like there, there's there's a lot of really talented football players in this class, right? Um, it's, it's not an elite class. There aren't, like, outside of Jay and Dent, both in the secondary, there aren't any true immediate difference makers. And this is a class that needed some true immediate difference makers. Um, Dante Lucas might be that guy, but he needs to drop some weight. Um, he is early enrolling, so that can happen. You know, maybe he steps into one of the, uh, the guard roles this year. But, you know, Florida State signed six offensive players, you know, Five of those were on the offensive line. So they signed one wide receiver. They didn't sign a quarterback. They didn't sign a running back. They didn't sign a tight end. They signed one wide receiver um, and then signed five offensive linemen. Now, the offensive line was obviously the biggest need outside of quarterback on the on the roster. But you, know, you can't go an entire class without, you know, without signing you know, offensive skill position players. Like, the tight end position is full. I get it. But... You don't know what you're getting on the, um, you know, as far as running back goes. Amir Razul's apparently in the transfer portal. So you don't know if you're losing him. Laybourne, you know, got hurt last year. Is he going to be completely healthy enough to play? You know, I love Anthony Grant. And then Cam Akers is, we'll have to see if he has a bounce back year. But he wasn't, you know, awful. Well, he wasn't awful last year. Um, So... The offensive class leaves something to be desired for me. I understand that defense was more of a priority after Florida State prioritized the offense last year, but I think they needed to get at least you know obviously you want to sign at least one quarterback. I think you need to I think you want to sign at least one running back and you know I'm I will say this I'm also not a fan of Maurice Goolsby. Um, I think you know he's 
Like, he's... How do I say this? He's a red zone specialist, but I don't think he's a good wide receiver. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, if he ever develops into one. I think he could develop into one, but we'll have to wait and see on that. You know, he's a big guy, and Florida State was looking for a big wide receiver, but, you know... I, I'm just not personally. I'm I'm not a fan of him as a prospect, uh, but I, I like the offensive line class. Um, you know, I I really like the offensive line class. At, you know, with uh, with Murray Smith, Jay Williams, Ira Henry, Darius Washington, and Dante Lucas. I think that's a good offensive line class. The Florida State can build off of. You know, so on, on the defensive side of the ball. I, Florida State got three really good linebackers. I love me some uh, Kevon Glenn. Uh, that dude's a thumper. He's a beast. You know, and then Jaleel McCray might be the most underrated prospect in this class for Florida State. Um, you know, I'm really high on him. He's an excellent linebacker. He covers well for a guy that's 6'2", 230. I mean, he's he's a special, special um, football player. The the biggest question with him, and I think what hurt him a lot, is because he had he's had two knee surgeries at this point. So people are questioning his durability. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? But if you go back and you put on his film, Jaleel McRae is fantastic. Uh, you know, he's a guy that could come in and immediately contribute. And the best part about him is he's already on campus. So Florida State has that to look forward to. He's already on campus. He'll participate in the spring. I love that kid. Um, I also like Kalen DeLoach. Florida State got three very good linebackers. Florida State needed good linebackers. They got three very good linebackers. You know, so kudos to the staff for being able to put that together. The defensive end class, there's no real elite players, but there's a bunch of really good ones. You know, Quayshawn Quayshawn Fuller, Derek McClendon, Curtis Fan. You know, maybe Malcolm Ray, not sure. He's probably going to play defensive tackle, but right now he's 250 pounds. So we'll have to wait and see where Florida State lines him up. They listed it as a defensive lineman when he signed. So, you know, just if if he plays defensive tackle like is expected, it's Curtis Fan, Derek McClendon, and Quayshawn Fuller. All three really, really good players. I, I really like all of those guys. Um, there's just, like, there's no elite player like a guy like Brian Burns coming out of high school. You know, Florida State, you know, took their shot at uh, some of the elite players like Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, if Florida State had finished with a better record this season, I think Kayvon would have signed with Florida State, but they didn't. Florida State had to move on. I really like what Florida State brought in at defensive end. Um, like I said, there's there's just a lot of solid football players in that group. Overall, this class as a whole is just a bunch of solid football players. You know, like there, there's just a bunch of really, really good football players. There's, you know, it, it lacks on the elite instant impact dif- uh, difference makers outside of Denton, I believe, Jay, and maybe Dante Lucas. But I, I believe that, you know, the, the, the rest of the class is a bunch of solid football players. And really, you know, that's what Florida State needs to get back to. They They tried to specialize and tried to recruit athletes and, you know, a bunch of guys that could do multiple things instead of going after, you know, the really good guy that does one thing well. So, um, you know, corner, like the, the cornerback class is phenomenal. Like is, is crazy good. Uh, Dent, Jay, Jarvis Brownlee, uh, Malcolm, Renardo Green, 
It's, I mean, it's a, it's a really good class. And then at safety, you've got Brendan Gant, Raymond Woody, maybe Nick Cross. Like I said, we'll still, uh, we'll still have to wait and see on that. And then at defensive tackle, you got True Thompson. I've made it very clear on this podcast my feelings about True. He's a true nose guard. Love the kid. Um, he's on campus, so you know all he does is uh, you know eat up double teams and kick ass. That's that's what he does. Sorry for the language, but that's what he does. Um, and then you've got Malcolm Ray. You know Ray was um, called the best player in South Florida last year by Larry Bluestein, who is, you know, the South Florida recruiting expert. So, you know, he, he's going to need, he's going to need to develop. He's going to need to add size. And Florida State believes that they, that they can add size to him. But he's a talented football player um, that's going to be, you know, that's a few years away from c- contributing. But once he gets to that point, you know, if he gets to that point, you should expect big things from him. But I think that pretty much covers covers everything. Um, you know, we talked about the offensive line, talked about the linebackers, you know, the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, and we talked about specialists. Fantastic. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I'll be back again tomorrow discussing Florida State basketball, Florida State baseball. You know, baseball season's coming up. Basketball plays uh, a ranked game against Louisville at home at the Tuck on Saturday. So, you know, I'll be there. I hope to see you guys there. Should be a really fun matchup. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Have a wonderful day.